To invest or not to invest in cannabis stocks, that is the question. Whether you are a new or seasoned investor, the volatility in cannabis stocks rivals a ride on the Kindaka roller coaster. You'll truly need a strong stomach to handle it. In today's show, we'll provide perspective on the market volatility and share our thoughts on the future of cannabis stocks. I'm your host, Garth Case, CEO of Jamrock Organics, alongside my partners in all things green, Odin Gabe and Andre Brown, and this is The Real Green Show. Oh, and one more thing. Before we get started, the lawyers ask that I remind you, the information provided in this podcast is purely our opinion and not investment advice. Please speak with a licensed investment advisor before making any investment decisions. And now on to the show. Hey, G, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Andre, you online? Yes, sir. I'm here. Another beautiful day in the green world. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Do you mean Florida or the world of weed? Both, which is actually <laughs> my my world. I hear you, brother. No question about that. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of people are very envious of both. Uh, so here in Jersey, it's getting cold, uh, really getting depressing in a way because I hate the cold. So I'll have to come join you guys soon. Obviously, by the way, next week we're in Jamaica. So our podcast might be a little delayed and getting put up. But, um, you know, maybe we'll do it from there. That'd be awesome, right? It would be. It would be. I'm also in Michigan and it's uh, 50 degrees right now so <laughs> i'm in the same boat as you right now g yeah we could definitely use the warmth so yeah we're looking forward to that next week that should be fun uh so today we're talking about cannabis stocks and um you know i've been an investor in cannabis stocks for some time um and not a happy investor obviously right it's it's been one of those things that's been a hell of a ride um even for a seasoned investor like me i it, it's it's been stomach turnings at times um, it's, it's just a very, very tough um, marketplace when it comes to cannabis. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, uh, you know, and answer a couple of questions, right? Do we think that cannabis stocks is really worth investing in? You know, people are looking for places to put their money, industries like this one, which are growing. Uh, and, and the question is, is it the right time to put your money there, right? Um, you know, being someone that's been burned a bit by this industry from an investment standpoint, um, you know, I, I have serious questions myself, so hopefully you guys can help me through this process and, and get me to understand whether or not it's something that's still viable. Uh, so, so with that said, I, I pulled a piece from Bloomberg. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Craig Wiggins that he's um, with a company called The Canalist, and they do a lot of research and looking into the overall outlook of the cannabis market and whether or not um, it's viable, and you know, kind of what stocks to look out for and so on. And there's an interesting report here uh, where he talks about kind of what's happening overall. And so we'll take a listen, and then we'll come back and uh, discuss it. Sounds good. Before we get started, talk to us, who are the canalists? Because you're not a conventional sort of sell side or independent research firm, but you do a lot of interesting deep dives into the cannabis space. Just give us a little bit of a context about the work that you do. Yeah, we were uh, birthed out of Reddit of all places, and we now have a subscription website where we do some deep dives on the top companies, both in Canada and the US. 
and we offer our opinions. Uh, we like to say we read financial statements out loud. Some people don't want us reading them that, that loudly. Fascinating stuff. So there's your the way in which you were born. The more interesting things that you've just been putting out have really been about, well, it coincides very much with the demise of some of the stocks that we're seeing and the performance of particularly Canadian cannabis-related companies. And you're really signaling that inventory here is what's the concern. Supply glut is high on your agenda. Why is this happening? Well, first of all, when Canada went and legalized cannabis, they allowed only flour and a diluted oil form. So no edibles, tinctures, vaping, all the things that in a mature cannabis market add up to about 60% of the market. So uh, part of the problem is we haven't been offering the consumers what they want, but there's another big part of the problem is what the uh, licensed produ producers, the LPs are producing, the consumers don't want. The grade of flour is generally not a grade that you want to sell for smokable form. So a lot of people have been putting it in the vault and hoping for what we call formats 2.0, which rolls out in December of this year, which are all those other formats. Mm. And a lot of investors, I think, are, are thinking maybe that's going to uh, save what's going on. But our data is showing that we're already harvesting at an 81% total demand rate, and we've only penetrated or displaced 14% of the legal market. So, yes, uh, Carolyn, the inventory is uh, piling up very, very rapidly these days. So, Craig, why haven't we seen a little bit more of those other formats? Because, I mean, the whole idea with some of these co cannabis companies partnering uh, with the beverage companies and just some of the more uh, non-cannabis uh, players out there was that you would have beverages and edibles and other things that would appeal to a much broader audience that didn't want to smoke anything, uh, no matter what it was. Uh, when do we get to that point? Well, the first phase of cannabis was rolled out, what, what we call 1.0. That is for a year. So the new legislation drops October 17th of this year with a 60-day window for the products to get queued up and approved by Health Canada such that they can go into distribution late in December. So we're really not going to see anything really on the uh, shelves till early January. Those formats uh, usually constitute about 60% of a mature market. So, uh, Craig, you guys do some very impressive work into the accounting of cannabis companies. And, of course, like any other new industry, it has its own quirks that make it different from anything else. And I would encourage people to go check out the Canalyst Reddit page where you really dive into it. For someone looking to see who's going to survive the turn, who's going to thrive in sort of a, a 2.0, as you call it, what are the metrics that people really need to look for to see who is starting to build up some momentum and operating leverage? Well, I, I think firstly, the first metric is follow the, the market share of shipments that your licensed producer makes to retail. Not necessarily their sales. If they come out and say, hey, we had 20% sales, that's <coughs> great. That's not necessarily great because last quarter, uh, on a quarter over quarter basis, the retail shipments were up 33%. So it's important that you have a measuring stick. We provide that measuring stick on shipments. Um, also, sales to harvest. And this is a, a metric that might take a couple of quarters to line up if there's some new uh, production coming online. But there's a huge glut of inventory right now. Are you selling a good part of your harvest? 
are you going to be selling a good part of your harvest when it comes to 2.0? The third metric, uh, cash is certainly king. The days of the easy raise are gone, so you have to keep an eye on the cash burn of your investment. Mm. And my absolute favorite is adjusted EBITDA. Um, at the end of the day, you, you have to be tracking to a positive EBITDA, and on your debt horizon, and the particular company's debt horizon, it has to be tracking to debt, debt service, yeah. or else we're gonna have a lot of debt that's not gonna get refinanced. So guys, uh, that was Craig Wiggins, like I mentioned, and he had a very interesting um, kind of approach to, to measuring this marketplace. Um, as you could hear, he referenced um, Cannabis 1.0 versus 2.0, which is a very good way of looking at it. I think in the end here, we'll be talking about Cannabis 10.0 one day. But, um, <laughs> you know, the reality here is he's right, right? We know that Cannabis 1.0 was a little bumpy to get started with, and I think being at 2.0 right now, um, he's talking about there, there being just this surplus of, of, of um, inventory um, and that inventory maybe not moving, right? Which is a big problem if you spent a whole lot of money on, on harvesting and or growing and harvesting and then suddenly you have no distribution of it. Um, that will definitely hurt the pockets and obviously hurt your financial reporting. So um, what are your thoughts? I mean, listen, cannabis is a perishable product at the end of the day. Um, there's only so long it can sit without being used. Um, so this 2.0 concept is kind of strange to me um, because the fact that <laughs> the regular Canadian consumer doesn't find um, the, the, the quality of the flower that they have thus far to be smokable, you know, what's going to change when um, 2.0 comes along? Yeah, no, I, I think 2.0 really though is how how they're looking at this. Maybe just different formats, right? If we um, if we think, you know, as you mentioned, flour was primarily what was okayed in Canada, and again, you know, Canada being one of the big focuses here because it's the only place you can legally be on a stock market, right? So, um, but the the reality is he's thinking that you know when they add new formats like edibles and well, maybe some safe vaping, if that's if there's such a thing. Um, and you know, um, drinkables and so on. Um, it widens the marketplace. Uh, but right now, he's saying that those outlets probably don't exist, and you know, so 2.0 would be that reboot, if you will, that provides them that. You know, guys, I have a slightly different take on it. Um, I came into this industry because I just see pure optimism the whole way around. Um, the, where the stock market is concerned, the the thing that I see is that. We're applying a matrix um, to a product that is nothing like what is out there. And that particular product is being restricted by the laws, it's being restricted by the banking, and it's being restricted by public attitudes. So to apply these matrix, which are, you know, which, which are used in predicting the ebb and flows of, of, of the stock market and how people invest, it's, I, I think it's actually kind of crazy to really do that. And this is where you, know, you have this immediate influx of money that came out when the laws started opening up. And then you know, all these things you know, with the roadblocks that are going on, you, know, you see, you see investment just pulling back and stuff like that it's it's I, I, I my my opinion really is 
I'm applying the Warren Buffett look at investments. I'm looking at the big companies, the companies that have laid the biggest stakes in the industry, like the canopies. These companies have global footprints and you know they would not be making these type of investments without doing the due diligence, without doing the real research and really kind of understanding the direction overall that, that, that the industry is going. So I just think that all of these analysts and the investors, you know, we're taking these hits right now because they're applying a matrix that just does not match up to, to, to this product. I think there's some truth to what you're saying there, Andre, without question. Um, it's really difficult to measure a new industry like this, um, given the barriers that exist, you know, like you mentioned in terms of banking and, and other things. It's kind of unheard of, um, quite honestly. Uh, in recent time to have such a problem. Um, but what I don't agree on here is when you think about, you know, the canopies, the med men's of the world, you know, some of it I think is a little bit of a gold rush mentality, right? I, I feel as if they're going so fast that they're not stopping to really understand how the money is being spent, right? I, I see where MedMen has been closing down their, their stores left and right um, because of too much of a rapid expansion. I see the, the CEO of, of Cambi being fired, right? Um, primarily because, you know, of not delivering on, on the promise, right? You know, Again, as investors. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying to a point in that I just think it was a strategic mistake that they made in moving and growing so fast. I agree with the aspect of the gold rush mentality, you know, because everyone thought it was going to come in. Um, the beauty of the cannabis industry is that you know, the market already existed. It was a billion dollar industry on the black market. So we knew that the industry was already there. The, the, the challenge was to make it move, you know, from black to the red. And I just think that they overestimated how quickly that it would have moved. Um, and, you know, so, so in addition to that, everyone was expecting to make billions and billions and billions of dollars out, out the gate, where I think a more conservative, um, perspective in, in 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 how to invest um is is actually the real the real direction that the industry is going to go in agree okay. so, go ahead oh what, what do you think where does this leave us so let's look back um before legalization right let's look back at reefer madness and the mentality that 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 was that that it caused as a result of that right um it's going to be hard to change that mentality for a lot of people, especially the, the, the ones who are controlling the investments at this point, because they, there's there there has to be some point where, you know, it being a, a, a drug that drives you crazy to it being something that's beneficial for you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. So essentially, you're talking about consumer adoption, right? How how quickly will, will consumers really look at this as a, um, you know, a typical industry like alcohol, for instance, and, and you know, consumers warm up to the idea of including it in their kind of daily use. Um, you know, no, I agree with you on that 100%. Um, you know, but when we come back and we think about all these factors, right, all these factors that we're mentioning, um, you know, what does it mean to the marketplace? I mean, is does it mean that cannabis stocks are a bad place to be right now? Should we wait till the, the cobwebs kind of shake out? And if we do that, obviously these cannabis companies that went public so quickly, 
um, are now left without the proper capital, right? Because the reason they went public was to raise a ton of money and then take that money out there and expand their industry or their business. But the problem is the burn rate, I think, right? They're burning through this cash very, very quickly. And then we as investors aren't investing in the stock um, as much because we're afraid. And if we're not putting money into their stock, they don't have that money to burn. Um, and, you know, once they set up these huge infrastructures, it's difficult to push the pause button, right? It, it, you know, things are running and that burn rate's happening very, very quickly. Um, you know, that, go ahead. That, that part of it is true. I, I agree with you there. Again, I really believe it just has to be, it, it ha you have to have the right attitude. Um, if I were to advise an investor coming into the industry, it, it has to be the right investor. It has to be someone that, that takes a two-year, five-year, ten-year look at, 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 at regaining or, or at gaining certain profits in the industry because there are just way too many obstacles that they have to, you know, that, that we have to overcome at this juncture in, 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 in the industry. But again, looking at the big companies, one of the other factors that we're not taking into consideration is that the major drug companies are now stepping in. They are spending substantial amount of money um, doing research all over the world. Um, in addition to that, the cultural change is taking place in that, you know, with CBDs being legal, legal and everyone moving into a wellness lifestyle, that is going to change public attitudes with some of the celebrities who are big proponents like, like Snoop Dogg, like Mike Tyson, um, like Joe Rogan, who are promoting the industry so it's becoming normalized. So if you look at the health and wellness side of it, you look at the pharmaceutical drugs investing billions of dollars to come in the industry, it's definitely pointing in a very optimistic, specific direction. You just have to be looking at it from the long haul and not just to make a big buck, you know, a huge profit overnight. Agreed. It's still a new industry and bubbles burst. Um, I think it was time for the cannabis bubble to burst um, because with every major industry, you know, from the internet to even blockchain, you know, Bitcoin, there's a, 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 a phenomenal rise and then there's a steady decline because investors come, become nervous after a while and that's to be expected. Yeah, you're right. Without question, I think that's the thing. You know, you have to have a very strong stomach in this marketplace, right? If you are not ready to take the ride, then maybe you look elsewhere. Uh, and Andre, you made, you made a, a very good point about the pharmaceuticals being, you know, very interested here. Uh, you know, maybe that's where investors kind of pay attention to this, what's happening there and what, um, which of the pharmaceuticals are really looking um, hard at this industry and sometimes it's best to invest around the industry quite honestly you know I, I found that to be a good strategy of mine where you don't necessarily invest in a specific industry you invest around it who are the people that are supporting it like, in fact um, that's not to cut you off Dee, but that's an that's a very valid point um, we opened the conversation talking about the gold rush the reality of it is the first the first millionaire in the gold rush was the person who sold pickaxes so that's a very, very valid point. Um, a second point I want to make is that, you know, we're all familiar with Netflix. I remember about 15 years ago when I heard about Netflix for the first time, and it was almost a joke. But they had a long-term vision. They had investors that were, uh, that were applying a long-term 
you know, view in terms of investigating the markets, seeing that, you know, um, smart TVs were, were on the rise, the internet were on the rise. And these were the peripheral things that were feeding into that. And look at where Netflix is today. I hear you. Without question, you're 100% right. Um, you know, you have to have that long-term outlook. I think that's clear. I think it's something that um, we are obviously recommending to people who are thinking about cannabis stocks is if you don't have a strong stomach, you know, invest around, right? Don't, don't invest directly necessarily. If you do see that this is one of those industries that will not stop, uh, it's one of those industries that will continue to um, go through its bumps, but um, will come out on the other side um, in a very, very positive way, then you should consider investing. But then that takes us to who should they invest in, right? I mean, and we're not going to give any investment advice directly in terms of companies people should invest in, but but how should they go about a, a kind of ascertaining that, right? You know, you're, you're hearing nothing about, you know, smaller companies. You're hearing a lot about the big guys. Um, you know, should they be looking at smaller companies to invest in? Uh, should they be looking at um, more kind of um, private opportunities to invest in companies? Uh, you know, what, what, what should people be doing, I think, is a big question that um, a lot of our listeners are going to have if they're going into this. You know, um, particularly, I think one thing that we have to also look for is hopefully soon we'll get something done on the federal side here um, in America where we'll, you know, be able to be able to take cannabis companies public instead of having to go through the Canadian route, right? Um, which is not always the best route, quite honestly, uh, you know, in terms of a marketplace. And, you know, investors have to jump through hoops, obviously, to, to invest in Canadian stocks. It doesn't make it very, very simple, um, especially to understand it and, and, and get clarity because their rules are so different than the U.S., but um, at the end of the day, though, that, that's going to be a very big question I think we'll try and answer, you know, in a, in a later episode of, of, of our podcast. You know, is where, what's the strategy? What should you be focused on in terms of a way in which you vet um, the good stocks out there? And, and if you're willing to take the ride, you know, maybe that makes a lot of sense. Um, In fact, to, to, to kind of take a stab at that, G, um, what I really think, I think it should be a combination of the big companies and the small upcoming companies. The thing that I believe, and in terms of doing my own investments that I'm looking at, um, it's just like supermarkets. Every, supermarket is a good investment because everyone has to eat. The companies that are investing into changes or ad adaptations to lifestyles. Once people change their lifestyles, when this becomes a part of what they, their daily routine, it means they're gonna be around for a while. If you're dealing with companies that, you know, are possibly, you know, selling this because they can get you high right now and can do this and can do that. Well, that, that, that's trending. That's, that's based on, you know, you have someone that might be using it when they're 20 years old just to get high. But by the time, you know, those people get older. By the time they, they get 30, they have families, they have kids, their perspective on life is going to change. So they might move away from that. But if, you, if, if you're looking at companies, and just to give a little plug to us, that are looking at integrating ourselves into a lifestyle and being a part of lifestyle, being a part of society. Um, someone like um, Canopy, who's who's investing, you know, in, with with Constellation investing into Canopies, you know, it, it, it's it's beers, it's alcohol, it's entertainment. That's a part of a lifestyle. I think these are the companies that are going to stay, and those uh, are the ones that we should be investing in. I agree. I agree with you 100. And you know. Um 
obviously lifestyle is very, very important here, important to Jamrock, obviously, because that's really part of what we're about is to ensure that we integrate. You had mentioned wellness um, as something that is a catalyst uh, that will, you know, push cannabis use and um, CBD use uh, into the mainstream. And, and that is a very true thing. You know, you guys are making great points. You know, it's, it's one of those things that we have to be patient with. Um, uh, a consumer will get there in their own time, um, obviously. Um, trying to force that is never the right approach, but applying the right amount of um, knowledge and, and quality products is really, really important to ensuring that the consumer um, begins to get it, right? Uh, and, and I think that's where we're, we're kind of landing here. There might not be a, a sweet spot in terms of investing today, but you know, we know that the future is bright for tomorrow, and I personally believe that. You know, at first, even at the beginning of this podcast, I wasn't sure what direction I'd be ending up in here. But um, I think what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense to me. It, it is a, a slow burn here. It's um, when it comes to investing. Obviously, I'm in the business, and it's something I'm committed to. Um, but it, it, you know, looking at putting money in the stock market itself, and all the different variations and how those things are measured. Um, you know, and just overall consumer confidence in this um, this marketplace affects you know whether or not you can make money. Uh, so it's definitely it will remain something I continue to talk about and something that we should continue to talk about in future podcasts. Um, and you know, with that said, we're we're pretty much at 25 minutes already, guys. This is this is. Yeah, kind of crazy, I, right? I would like to make one last point, though. Though, G. Go ahead. Um, the United States are, are you know are, are really holding us up with with the passing of the laws to make this thing, you know, federally completely legal. But remember now, the United States has over a hundred different patents on cannabis. And they wouldn't be doing that if they have a if they don't have a long-term perspective on how to capitalize on that. Why would they have patents? I mean, that's a reality. You can go on the internet, you can look it up. That alone was one of the determining factors or one of the convincing factors that made me start looking at and investing in the industry. The, the, the performance indicators are definitely out there. We just have to know what to look for and we just have the, to, to have the patience and the stomachs to just ride the wave out. It's, it's going to be there. So it sounds like you just gave us one of your little secrets to investing here. Look for companies with patents. <laughs> okay. Um, well, hey, listen, you know, again, guys, this is not investment advice in any kind. Uh, but we, you know, what Andre just said is right. You know, if you look for companies that are going to have some kind of a, a unique perspective on the industry and, uh, and something that is protected, uh, then that's a pretty safe bet generally that that company might do well outside of any other mitigating circumstances like bad management or just running out of cash. Um, you know, and, and that's always the, the possibilities, right, in any investment that you make. Every investment's a risk, um, and it's really, really important that, you know, people think about that before investing for those that are novice investors. But for our more seasoned listeners, um, you know, this is an industry that's growing, and it's something that you shouldn't be afraid of. I think it's, it's very, very, very mainstream. Um, in the next maybe five years, you know, we'll be talking about this in a very, very different way. Uh, and I think the pretenders will begin to disappear uh, and the people like Jamrock are committed and, and really focused on, on consumer wellness um, and overall use of, of safe use of cannabis, it, you know, will start to prevail, you know, more and more, you know, and hopefully the, the, the biggest challenge we'll have is, um, is the black market, you know, or what I like to call the, the um, unregulated market. Um, if we are able to put a dent into that, then that will be in much better shape. 
Um, but a lot of factors go into that. And so the key here is that it's going to be a conversation that we continue to have uh, and one that, you know, we will continue to cover on this podcast um, as frequently as needed. Now, again, uh, for our listeners, if you want to um, influence our conversation in any way um, or ask questions, please feel free to reach out to us uh, at WeCare at JamrockOrganics.com. Uh, again, that's WeCare at JamrockOrganics.com. Uh, and we'll be more than happy to get back to you um, with any information. But with that said, we're going to call this episode a wrap. Gentlemen, thank you for your time and participation today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. And I look forward to seeing you guys in Jamaica. Yes, sir. Cannot wait for that. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Absolutely, guys. And, and we'll, we'll talk about why we're in Jamaica on the podcast soon, but... Um, some of that is a little, little, little secret at the moment, but we're you know, good things coming for, for our listeners and, and our customers um, in the future here. So um, something to look forward to. Gentlemen, have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye right. now. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. What's up, everybody? You've just listened to The Real Green Show, brought to you by Jamrock Organics. I'm your host, Garth Case, along with my co-host, Odin Gabay. If you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving us a review and check us out at jamrockorganics.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on the show from the hosts or guests as medical, legal, or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products. We will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment related. Peace and love, my friends.